Welcome back to Voices of UCM, sponsored by Rise Community Services. Today, we talk with UCM head football coach Josh Lamberson and discuss his style of coaching and how he cultivates a successful team. Hello, everyone. This is Voices of UCM. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Zellner, and I am here today with our head football coach, Josh Lamberson. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. I'm great. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, so far, I think we've been... I think our season has been pretty good so far. We're, we're 2-1, is that right? Yeah, 2-1 right now. So how do you feel about how we've been going so far this season? I, I think really well, you know, compared to um, the last couple seasons. And I, I hate comparisons, but because um, every every season all the people are, are obviously new and different. But uh, but I really do feel like this team is, is coming together uh, extremely well. Um, they're focused. They're free. Uh, they're energetic. They're competitive. They like to be around each other. Uh, and they're competing at a really high level. You know, just this last week we played the number three team in the country, Pittsburgh State, uh, on family weekend, and, and unfortunately got beat by one point, thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Oh, uh, really on the last play of the game. So really pleased with the progress of our football team so far, and, and look forward to watching them, you know, compete for the next eight weeks. Cool. Well, glad to, glad to hear that we're we're doing good so far. <laughs> so obviously. far, so good. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, what is your overall goal for the? For the season, do you think? Well, I think get better every week, and and really to, to narrow the scope is is to get better every day. I think that's ultimately the challenge. And and when you deal with eighteen to twenty three year olds, those guys that are going through, you know, much very similar to to your age, and and probably the people that are listening, you know, how many things are are going on in in that population's life, and it's no different for for student athletes. And so, you know, they're navigating school, they're navigating their social life, they're navigating athletics, they're navigating their faith, they're navigating their relationships. And so, mm-hmm. there's so many things that that are going on with with those guys. I think if if you can concentrate on on just picking something out and and working to get better uh, in that area, you know, every single day, you know, whether it could be a wide variety of things, but um, you know, ultimately at the at the end of our days, we're going to come out on top. Yeah, that's always. So how do you um, how do you like find that balance between? I guess how do you help your players find that balance between like the game, like football, and then the rest of their stuff? Do they like come to you and ask for like advice and stuff? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I, I think that's one of the the awesome things that that we have been gifted with from a platform perspective as coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, we we get to be. Um, you know, in charge of, of 135 young men on a daily basis and, and help them navigate this, this crazy thing that we call life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's for us, you know, specifically myself, it's, it's a lot more than just football. It's a lot more than just skill and fundamentals and technique and scheme and, you know, the things that happen in between the stripes. It's, it's a lot more about giving our guys tools to put in their tool belt where they can go out and ultimately be you know, eventually great husbands, great fathers, great members of the community, leaders in every aspect of their life, and, and men that, that, you know, not only we can be proud of, but UCM can be proud of and their families can be proud of. Because this is, it's such a transitional stage in their life where they're really figuring out, you know, from that 18 to 23 period, who, who they want to be and how they want to, to interact with the rest of the world. And, you know, they, they shape a lot of the narratives on how they think and, and what their perception of the world is and how they're going to go out and, and hopefully be a productive member of that world. And so for us, uh, every day, we, we start every day with one slide and it says demand the give. And then we go into our core values of being selfless, tough, disciplined, and grit. 
And then we talk about believing in ourselves, working hard and having fun, and, um, that we impact the world with our attitudes, actions and words and, uh, and all the things. We have about 15 slides that we show our guys every single day and none of them have anything to do with football. They have everything mm -hmm. to do with life and navigating um, you know, the daily challenges that, that everybody goes through. And so, you know, they just get constant reinforcement on that because they get to play sports and, and uh, a game and we get to come together and ultimately try to be better for uh, the whole rather than ourselves. And so to be in that position of service leadership and to have that platform is something that we never take lightly uh, and uh, that I really enjoy. Mm. Yeah. So it's more of like a, you're combining, you're like kind of combining like the, the football aspect, but you're, it's more so just like the focus on general life skills. It sounds like. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then you, you kind of paint that picture for them and, you know, it's, it's more guide rails than anything mm -hmm. else that, that they're ultimately trying to deal with. And, and, you know, this, it is hard, you know, I, and I think being a young person, I think being a college age student right now is probably the hardest that it's ever been in human history from the standpoint of you guys have so many distractions put in front of you, not just mm -hmm. college age students, but our society in general, right in now, general, yeah, yeah has uh -huh. so many distractions that are pulling their attention uh, and their priority away from, from ultimately what it should be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we say we have these goals and we say we have these things that we want to achieve, but then, you know, we have social media that pulls our attention. We have TVs that pulls our attention. We have celebrities that pull our attention. We have fake news that pulls our attention. You know, all this other stuff um, mm -hmm. that we get inundated with that pulls our focus from ultimately the, the people that we are trying to be. And so, you know, we just try to help them focus that mm -hmm. um, because you only have so much energy. You only yeah. have so much focus. And so um, to, to try to prioritize that for these guys and, and help them see what's really important. And then, you know, also to give them the tools to put in their tool belt to find out what's really important to them. Because, mm. you know, what might be really important to you might be, you know, not so important to, to myself or, right. you know, everybody's different in that room. And so there's a lot of touch points that you go through and, and how they take in the information and how they see the world and the lens through which they see that world is so different um, that, you know, you say general things to the whole group, but then on an individual basis, we have so many guys that come into our office and we talk about life. We talk about mm -hmm. their situations. We talk about relationships. We talk about, yes, we talk about school and we talk about football all of the Obviously, time. Yeah. yeah. But you know, my favorite conversations revolve around just the things that they're navigating through with their lives. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely find that in this world, we have so many, just so many distractions. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like you have to have that discipline almost. So I think like by training that through the medium of, I guess the medium of football is yeah. like, it's a very unique way of interpreting that, I think. Well, I, th I think you're exactly right. And, and I love the, you, you use the word discipline and, mm -hmm. and so many people um, connect that word with something bad as, yeah, a, as a punishment. Because you think discipline is like, oh, I'm going to the principal's office right. to get discipline. Yes. That's what you most commonly hear that word, but it's really, it's really not it's that. It's really not. It's, it's really the pathway to, to freedom mm -hmm. to do ultimately what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, you, because you do, you, you have to have discipline in your priorities for your life or or really we're just blowing in the wind, right? Mm -hmm. From a standpoint of if, if we talk about setting the temperature and you know, if, if you're out there and you know where you want to go and you know what you want to do and you know who's going to help you get there, you, you stay true to that mm -hmm. instead of just, well, I, I hope this happens. I don't really have a clear blueprint or a clear vision of where I want to go or what I want to do. And I hope mm -hmm. I just wind up as successful. Well, you know, what does success mean to you and what does mm -hmm. success mean to me? It, it, it means so many different things. So yeah. I think prioritizing the discipline part of it is a huge deal. Yeah, for sure. So initially, like when you're first like meeting people, how do you end up forming those connections? How do you like get really yeah. connected, especially for people like me who are a bit more introverted, a bit more, um, 
shy, I guess, yeah. would be a good word. Yeah. How do you how do you kind of get through that initial barrier? Well, I I think listen, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think listening is is part of the biggest part that gets missed in in our world. Um, yeah. You know, we want to. We, we want to not really listen. We, we let the other person talk and we're already formulating a response in mm-hmm. our head as to how we're going to respond to whatever it is that they're saying. Even if they're yeah. telling a personal story about what happened to them, you're thinking you're about how thinking, that, yeah, how that relates like, to oh, your how, life. And how can I relate to this? Yes. Like, ex- even if it is like a positive thing, like, right. oh, I want to make this person feel right. better. Here's, I got to find something that is similar. You're, you're exactly right. And I, and I think that, you know, it, it the listening skill gets missed so often from the standpoint of just sit there and listen to understand mm. and then process that. And then you can, you know, respond in a manner that is best fit for that conversation in that relationship. Yeah. And I think, you know, regardless, you know, we have 135 guys on our team and obviously you can't be that close personal mentor for all 135. Oh, right. it's, yeah. it's almost impossible. But yeah. ultimately what, what you do have to do is invest in the relationships um, that are going to be meaningful and important into the locker room. And then they can ultimately be the mouthpiece for the head coach's, um, I, I guess, if you will, vision for what they want the rest of the team to look like. And so you you do have your team leaders, you have your leadership council, you have your captains, you have, you know, those types of people that you do try to form those close-knit relationships with and, and then everybody else on the team too. You know, if, if somebody has a problem or an issue, we want guys to be able to come into our into our offices and sit down and talk about life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's an investment of time. It is. And that's the biggest thing because ultimately, and you've I'm sure you've experienced this too, Andrew, is People really don't care what you have to say mm. unless they know that you have their best interest at heart. That's true. You know, and, that, and that so, happens a lot, yeah. yeah, because we have so many of these on the surface relationships and especially with social media, you know, oh, yeah. we've got Twitter followers and uh-huh. fa- I don't, Facebook and nobody uses Facebook anymore, <laughs> Instagram or whatever, you know. Whatever that, it might be. That, yeah, people are using mm-hmm. and, you know, we maybe interact through through direct messaging or, mm-hmm. or adding at people or whatever, but those are so surface level, superficial relationships. Mm-hmm. and. And so the real intimate one-on-one face-to-face communication mm-hmm. where legitimately I'm trying to get to know people, right? what makes them tick, what their fears are, what their hopes are, what their dreams mm-hmm. are, where they want to go. And then, you know, it's my job to help facilitate that for them in their specific uh, walk. And so that's, you know, that's kind of what we try to do. Um, and I try to get to know those people and invest in those people as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that kind of I- the, the idea of like the... I don't know, like the dis, like discipline and all those additional yeah. things. Is that what kind of initially drew you to football? Is that kind of like a thing that came later? Yeah, uh, great question. You know, on, honestly, because I, I got to have a great experience playing college football, mm-hmm. and I was around some really good mentors and leaders, and uh, mm-hmm. I actually broke my hip playing college oh, football. Wow, yeah. And so I, I wasn't sure. You know, both my parents were educators. They were teachers uh-huh. uh, at the high school level. And I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I don't know. I wasn't really sure. So you didn't really know going, I didn't. going and, into college. Right. And then uh, my junior year of college, I actually uh-huh. broke my hip. And then I was a gym rat, so I just yeah. liked to be around the facility. And so uh-huh. I started going spending some time with the coaches. Uh-huh. And I got to see how they interacted, what they did on a daily basis. And and really kind of behind the scenes things that, that most people don't get to see from a coaching staff perspective. And I was like, you guys get paid to do this, <laughs> you know? And, and it was a way to stay around sports and athletics initially. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I got into it and then I saw the impact that you could have on people's lives. And, and mm-hmm. not just the people that you're dealing with on a daily basis, um, but, you know, the community members, the campus community members, right. um, you know, the, the service organizations around town. But also... You know, when I talk to a young man that's on our football team, 
I, I do think about, I'm not just talking to him, I'm talking to his future kid. I'm talking, mm-hmm. you know, probably I, I'm teaching him things about his future relationships, maybe with his spouse mm-hmm. um, in his faith, you know, wherever it's going to go. And Whatever so, it might be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's not just the, the surface level stuff that that I'm attracted to it all. It's, mm-hmm. it's the much deeper rooted relationship part where yeah. you're pouring into these guys and, and hopefully they're taking some things out to, to be better functioning humans uh, when mm-hmm. they leave our place. Yeah, so it's really hammering in those those core life skills, if you will. Uh, absolutely. Right, right then in this important time yeah. in everyone's lives. Because yeah. like really getting those down <laughs> is a super important thing, I feel like. And I feel like a lot of people don't quite get it, honestly, I, depending on where they are in college and what they're doing on campus and stuff. You're exactly right, because there is a difference between talking to an 18-year-old freshman mm. that just got on campus yeah. compared to a 23-year-old senior that's been here for four or five years. Mm. You know, their their lens is different on yeah, how they sure. view the world. Their, their experiences that they've had leading up to that point in their mm-hmm. life are different. And so you, you do have to kind of navigate, yes, you're talking to 135 guys all at one time, but yet fit it into the lens of, of each one of those guys in the room mm-hmm. and the different experiences. And that's why we go back to, you know, for us, just the things that are important of being selfless, you know, choosing to put the team first, mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstances, you know, being tough and tough for us. Isn't the machismo, Hey, go in there and bench 400 pounds. That's not what well, tough yeah, means no. to us, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's being able to focus and being mm-hmm. able to compete regardless of the circumstances. Yeah. We break it up into physical toughness and mental toughness, the mm-hmm. discipline, as we kind of mentioned. Uh-huh. And then our last one is grit. And right. I think this one gets missed a lot of times because it, we have so many things to be thankful for in our lives. And, uh-huh. and you know, I, again, we're in the comparison society of social media from mm-hmm. the standpoint of you get on there and you see, and you see the highlights of everybody's life. Exactly. Right? You yeah. know, and it's not real life. No. It's the best part of that person's week that they choose to share. And it's just that every week. Every week. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe some guys every, every day. day. You yeah, know, depending on who it every is. minute of every day yeah. with some people, you mm-hmm. know, and you, you hit the unfollow button really quick. But, <laughs> but you know, for us, we... For us, the definition of grit is choosing to use passion and perseverance daily regardless of the circumstances because ultimately life is really hard. And and we try to get that narrative across. Uh Guys, life is hard. You have personal accountability because Mm -hmm. it's your feet in your shoes. When you get to college, it's nobody else's fault. It's Mm -hmm. mom and dad's fault. It's not our brother's fault. It's not our situation's fault. Mm -hmm. We are living our own lives, and we get to choose however we want to respond to anything that happens to us. Mm -hmm. So we're going to choose to use passion because life is worth living. We're going to try to do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then perseverance from the standpoint of bad things or tough things are going to happen to us. Yeah. And then we get to choose how we respond to those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, grit's probably my favorite one that uh, we spend a lot of time on. But I just think if you if you give guys, specifically the population that we get to deal with, males, right. um, those nuggets, you know, and reinforce those every single day, you know, eventually some of that stuff will stick. And, and then we have standards in which take no talent that we try to live by, yeah. um, you know, that, that go along with those core values and, and those goals that, uh, you know, again, it, it goes back to that guide rail thing where mm-hmm. – as a as a coach, you kind of look at it like a parent. You know, oh right. You know yeah. we but but we can't be with our guys twenty four seven. Right. It, there's no way. Right. No, there's no chance. You know, ultimately, you can you can raise them the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got an eleven year old and a nine year old, and yeah. we, my wife and I try to raise these kids and invest in them and love them and pour into them. Mm-hmm. But eventually, they're going to go out into the world, yep. and they're going to make decisions in the dark where nobody else can knows what's going it, on, yeah. or yeah, can do anything about it. And so that's the same yeah. thing we try to do with our football team is just try to pour into them love them the right way, and when they're faced with those hard decisions, they make the 
right one. Yeah, I was definitely going to ask about grit because that one it definitely stood out. I was like, okay, yeah, you have the discipline, you have the tough, yeah. and, then, and then grit. It's like, hmm, I wonder what that means. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you have a really good definition yeah. of kind of what that means, and I really appreciate that. It's it's more than just oh yeah, be tough, be strong. Yeah. It's 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 a lot about the mental well fortitude as I, well. I think you know, and that's the. That's the stereotype of, you know, specifically football players, oh, yeah. right? They're uh-huh. the machismo, stereotypical, just rough, tough. They don't have feelings. They, you know, mm-hmm. we're just big, bad football players. We run our head against the wall and things like that, right? Yeah. And, and that, that couldn't be further from the truth for the humans that we have in our room from mm-hmm. the standpoint of they are they're intellectual. Um, they're aware of their feelings. They're aware of their emotions. We mm-hmm. talk a lot about mental health. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about the way that we, you know, ultimately give out into the world. And, and we talk about, hey, guys, People are going to form perceptions of you through your attitude, your mm-hmm. actions, and your words. Those are the three ways that we yeah. ultimately create the book of us. Mm-hmm. And to be aware of those things, mm-hmm. um, what, what, whatever kind of energy that you're putting off, your yeah. words do have meaning. And people tangibly see you do physical things. And mm-hmm. so what do you want your story to be? So we talk a lot about that as well. Yeah. I'm glad that we really yeah, you hit on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really cool thing. We will be right back with more Voices of UCM, brought to you by Rise Community Services. Every minute, there are six children born in the U.S., and one of them will be born with a developmental disability. Rise Community Services believes that an individual's potential doesn't vanish simply because they were born with a unique set of challenges. We believe that each person deserves a life full of hope and empowered by self-choice. If you or a loved one need help, please visit watchusrise.org. You're listening to Voices of UCM, sponsored by Rise Community Services. Today, we sit down with UCM head football coach Josh Lamberson and discuss what about UCM appeals to him. So you've been a, you've been to a, a couple of different places yeah. for coaching and stuff, but you've been to UCM twice, yeah. I noticed. Yeah. So you were assistant coach, I believe, yep. before? Yep. So what drew you back, I guess? Well, so, yeah, answer. great question. So I was here from 2010 to 2015. It, it was really kind of our, our first job, full-time job together with my wife and I. Coach Sabota, the former okay. head coach here, um, actually recruited me at a high school. Oh, yeah. And so I had known him for a, for a long time and called me up and asked me if I'd be interested to come to, to UCM and be a part of this and mm-hmm. was, was very excited for that. And, sure. you know, while we were here in those five years, my wife and I actually bought our first house oh. uh, together when we were here in Warrensburg. We had both of our kids here. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaya and Ace were both born here. Mm-hmm. So we, we created, you know, some really strong memories here. And okay. UCM for us was was always in, in Warrensburg was a great place to raise a family. And mm. when the opportunity came up, when uh, the late Jerry Hughes called me, um, you know, in February and said, hey, Coach Lambo, would you be interested in coming back? Uh, you know, I had some other opportunities on the table and mm-hmm. went and talked to my wife, Mandy, about it. And, you know, we sat there and, and for a long time prayed about it and we're asking kind of where we were you know, being led to go, and uh, it, it was just a resounding, like the frying pan moment over the head. Hey, you know, you need to you go back to Warrensburg, yeah. you know, and you need to be part of UCM. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision, but one that we are so grateful mm-hmm. that we made because this is this really is a special place, you know. And, and obviously, athletics yeah. is is a great thing here at the university, but there's so many great things. There's so many yeah. phenomenal academic. 
um, majors here. There's so many uh, student organizations here. There's the mm -hmm. fraternity sorority system here is fantastic. Um, you know, the community of Warrensburg supports UCM in such a fantastic yeah. way. So, uh, you know, just time and time again, it gets reaffirmed that we made the right decision. Um, so glad and feel blessed to be back here. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say it's like the perfect place to set up family because that's exactly what. Um, uh, Beth Rutt last week yeah, said yeah. she was talking about oh it's such a great place and I feel like a lot of students who maybe aren't who maybe from like some of the bigger sure. areas yeah. don't really see the appeal yeah because I mean like I'm from like Lee I'm like from okay. Lee Summit yep but like I, I can still see the appeal of Warrensburg though. yeah well you know I I think if um you know, if you're 18 to 23 and you're not in that season of life and you're in college and, and you want to come for a really good time or whatever it is. Whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, it, UCM is... See, here's one of, the, one of the reasons where I really appreciate it. It's far enough from Kansas City where you do kind of have to make a plan. If you're going to go to the city, you got to make a you plan to go. Sure it's an hour and change know. away. So it's like, okay, you got to have a plan. We got to do something. So it's it's further, it's far enough away where it's a little bit isolated mm -hmm. in the fact that, you know, we kind of have to be self-sustaining. You a know, Warrensburg yeah. as a community does have to kind of band together. We, mm -hmm. I, we have a slogan, you know, I always yell, we're all we got, and our football team yells back, we're all we need. And from a standpoint uh -huh. of, of UCM in particular, I do think that is a thing where, you know, UCM, the people here, our community, Warrensburg community, is very supportive of each other. I do think it works hand in hand. It's almost a symbiotic unit mm -hmm. um, between the two. And I think that's what ultimately makes us great. Now, I, I do, you know, I know that there's not as many people or as many maybe uh, nighttime activities yeah. that some students or, or, you know, people want, but but also you have to figure out, you know, why are, why are you here ultimately, yeah. you know, and, and everybody's reasoning is different. Mm -hmm. Some people just want to get away from the household environment. Some yeah. people want to come get a great education and pour into that. Some people, mm -hmm. you know, it's a mixture of athletics and, and academics, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think for, for different people, there's, there's different motivations for being here in Warrensburg. For sure. You know, for us, it's, it is a, it's a phenomenal um, place to be and it's a great place to raise a family and we have got really strong support um, uh -huh. you know and it starts with President Best and the way that he organizes things and you yeah. know how supportive he is for specifically athletics and, and everyone involved in that he enables us to be one of the best programs in the MIAA in the entire country hmm. yeah I I find myself agreeing about one yeah. Thing. yeah because <laughs> I think I think it is a great I think it's a great place I like do you too. said I do too yeah so I think we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier but in terms of like coaching style, when you're actually on the field, yeah. what's that kind of like? So I'm a very relational type of coach, as you probably can can gather. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and I have a saying up on my up on my you know wall, and and I kind of alluded to it earlier from the standpoint of, you know, you you can coach guys with intensity, you can coach guys with passion, but they have to know that that comes from a place of love, and mm -hmm. that you see them. For what not they are right now but not the person that they are right now but ultimately what they could be um you know with and, and you've got to get them to believe in themselves and mm. so what i what i talk to my team a lot about is i guys i wish you could see yourselves like i see you because i see the mm -hmm. best version of you and and i know that's not realistic to be the the best every single day 24 right. hours a day seven days a week but ultimately that's that's our goal right mm -hmm. and and so that's what we want to do i am a um i'm passionate because i i love the game of football, I think it emulates the game of life uh, mm -hmm. so well, um, and there's so many cross sections of that. But but also, I I try to instill a, a sense of uh, service and a sense of unity and a sense of passion and a sense of uh, duty to our young men that 
they are trying to do something as a part of something that that hasn't been done specifically at the University of, of Central Missouri, and that's to win a national championship here. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been really, really successful, and they've done a lot of really good things, but we haven't been able to win a national championship here. And, and you know, that's that's the goal that we put on our wall, but, you know, our, mm-hmm. our ultimate goal is we, we don't we don't talk a lot about results. We talk a lot about the process. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about uh, the journey of all of it, the daily steps to ultimately get yeah. to where we want to go. So, so my challenge, because this is our society is so results oriented, uh-huh. is to keep our guys locked in the moment of the right now. Yeah. Like, what are you doing right now to be better than what you were yesterday? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do today? You know, our challenge today is to have a better Monday practice than what we had last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and moving forward all throughout that. So, you know, I really try to to. To, know, to love up on our guys, to instill belief in them, to instill confidence in them, mm-hmm. uh, to get them to work really, really hard. But at the end of the day, too, Andrew, um, never lose sight that it's a game, yeah. you know, and it's got to be fun because if it ever turns into work, you know, you, you lose your passion for it. Yeah. And so we, we do demand that, hey, yes, we're going to work really, really hard and we're going to spend a lot of time at doing this stuff, but mm-hmm. gosh dang it, we're going to have a good time together. At the too. end, it's, yep. more about, it's more about having the experience than yep. anything else. That's exactly right. I, I, I was going to follow up and I completely forgot what I was going to say. Uh, give me a second. No, I'm sorry. you're good. All um, good. I think it was going to be... Oh, no, it's gone now. Um, All good. But I think I think I really like how you really feel like we need to... We, I think the most important thing, especially like when it's like a coach-student uh, relation or even like a teacher relationship, yeah. it's yeah. about that mutual respect between the two. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's something that a lot of people tend to miss in that relationship. Yeah, and, and I think it, it, it kind of goes back to that surface, surface level, superficial right. you know, thing and, and for our guys to, to legitimately know. And, and now uh, it's, it's, it's not just me. It's our entire staff that, that pours into our, our young men. And so, you know, different guys have different relationships. But, you know, the position coach has the best relationship with the guys in his position group and, mm-hmm. and really pours into that. And, you know, so on and so forth all the way down the line. And so they're they're kind of how I look at it, almost on the front lines of, uh-huh. of our football team um, in face-to-face communication with the one-on-ones with our guys in their position group. And then it's, you know, me standing in front of 150 people talking and directing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a thing, direct, empower, and inspire. You know, and, and I yeah. ultimately am creating the direction for our entire group, our entire football team, all of our humans, um, in our program, and then inspiring them to go out and ultimately to be the best versions of themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and empowering them to do that. And um, I'm not a micromanager. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of talked about coaching style earlier. I, I don't, you know, get in the weeds with our coaching staff. I let them do uh, what what they were hired to do and what mm-hmm. they're really good at doing. And I kind of just empower them to to do that job and, and try to mm-hmm. stay out of their way and uh, let those guys coach. Yeah, I think that's one of them the benefits of having a larger program like this is that you can't have that the separate coordinators for right. each position because that really is a very nice way of segmenting everything to where you as a head coach, you don't have to, I don't know if deal is the right word, but you don't have to, like you said, micromanage right. everything. Right, yeah, and we, we talked about chain of command this morning, actually, you know, oh, yeah. and, and so every, every guy has a position coach on our football team, so uh-huh. they go to the position coach first, and then then they can go to the coordinator, the offensive, uh-huh. defensive, or special teams coordinator, whatever their uh, unit is. And then, you know, then they can come to me. And so it, there's kind of a filter effect, if you yeah. will. Uh, with a, and, and you have to with 135 guys I mean, like, in, in an it's organization. It's not that, feasible just to have, like, <laughs> right. when all of them have a problem, they can't all come to 
year right. at once. Right. There's not enough minutes in the day yeah. uh, for all of those things. So, you know, I do like the way that uh, you all steal your words, segment uh-huh. um, our football team and kind of break that up. But but also where there's so many different touch points where guys feel like they're valued um, and mm-hmm. that they're adding value to the organization and feel empowered to do so. Yeah. I've, I find that like just like segmented um, that style of leadership really helps out, especially in something collaborative like like a sports team or in my case it was a marching band in high school yeah uh we had like we had our specific like section leaders and then we had our drum majors and then at the very top was our directors right and and that segmenting really makes handling everything a lot easier absolutely and and especially if everybody is working for the same mission yeah right you know and, and everybody understands the core values everybody understands um, the goals of, of our football program and then, mm-hmm. you know, the directives of what we're trying to do from a relationship perspective. Yeah. If, if everybody's on the same page with that, then transparency becomes really, really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and decisions and conversations become really, really easy. Not that there's not going to be problems and issues. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, but but absolutely, it's a, it's a better way to handle it where we fall back to ultimately who we are and what we want to be. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned after this break for more Voices of UCM, sponsored by Rise Community Services. That's the sound of a door slamming in your face. That's the sound heard by many individuals living with a disability. But it doesn't have to be. Rise Community Services is committed to opening doors, not closing them. We believe that each person deserves a life that is full of hope and empowered by self-choice. If you or a loved one need help, please visit watchusrise.org. This is Voices of UCM, brought to you by Rise Community Services. This week, we talked to UCM head football coach Josh Lamberson and discussed what he does to help his players through both bad games and bad days. So, like, when you maybe have those days in in the game where it's maybe like, oh, it was kind of a rough day. Yeah. How do you go about addressing that with with your team? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I, I, I always start with the premise of nobody goes out there trying to have a bad day. Right. You know, I, I don't believe any of our young men or any of our coaching staff goes out there and just says, you know what, I'm really going to stink up the joint today. Mm-hmm. So, so I go to the humanistic side of, of things as to, okay, if a kid had a rough day, if he was mentally busting on things, if he wasn't as locked in as he normally is, if he wasn't doing the things and executing at the level then in which we expect. Okay, well, why? You know, why Why was that? And so we try to address the problem, but as soon as we identify the problem, then we are working towards solutions mm-hmm. immediately. It does no good. Any, any bystander, any low-achieving person can sit there and, and point out problems and then say, well, you know, just for lack of a better term, complain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try not to do that. We try to identify the problem. Okay, this is what it is. And then mm-hmm. we're working for solutions as to why things happen the way that they do. And so I am a, a very solution-oriented person in the fact that, guys, yes, all right, we're going to have issues all the time. There's yeah. going to be bad days. Um, you know, in, in order for me to have a really good day, not only 150 of of the people in our program have to have great days. Their their girlfriends or spouses or you know families also have have great days, and you yeah. know it doesn't happen very often. And so doesn't there's happen. there's going to be things that pop up, and there's going to be crisis, and there's going to be things that we're going to have to handle. Um, mm-hmm. But we always try to go back to the individual person as to okay, why didn't this person execute in this specific situation? What was the reasoning behind it? Okay, now that we've identified the reason behind it, how can we better help facilitate? answers to that 
How can we yeah. get him to perform um, better if this situation ever arises again? Because right. uh, again, we we've got good humans in our program. Now it's now it's um, you know incumbent upon the coaching staff and myself to ultimately put them in the best position to go out and be successful. Whether that's in an academic world, whether that's in the real world, or mm-hmm. the uh, the athletic world. Yeah, I think um, that reminded me of what I was going to say earlier about. Um, about how we need to live like kind of day to day almost like think we can't really worry about a lot of things because a lot of things are out of our control right so and I find that I, I actually do struggle with that sometimes like um, I'm worrying about what's happening next sure. week and not what's happening this week yeah you know I'm glad you brought that up because it's one of the things that we talk about in our program a lot it's it's really hard to be stressed if you're counting your blessings. Mm. And so we talk about having an attitude of gratitude a lot mm-hmm. uh, from the standpoint of, you know, I challenge our guys when they wake up in the morning and, and I'm not a morning person. I don't love by nature when that alarm goes off. Yeah. I mean, it's not sunshine and rainbows for me. Obviously it's like going at off the, you know? at the start. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but, but what I've challenged all of our guys in, in our coaching staff too, in our program is, Hey, when that alarm goes off, like just uh, the Rolodex of five things that you're grateful for in the morning, mm. you know, to start your day off with an attitude of gratitude from the standpoint of, okay, yeah, I know I'm going to have things that come up today. They're going to be hard and I'm going to have to go through those things. But if you start your day with, you know, I am so thankful for my daughter, Kaya, my son, Ace, my wife, Mandy, um, my health, my, my position at UCN, you know, all, whatever it is for, right. for you, um, you know, it, it is hard to be stressed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and we talk a lot about trust and, and I'll, I'll ask you and, and from the standpoint of this is how I alleviate a lot of worry. I, I say, okay, well, you know, and this is just for me. This is just my personal thing right, that yeah. I do is mm-hmm. do I trust my God? Yes, I do. Do I trust my people that um, I get to go to work with and I have in my inner circle every day? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Do I trust myself? Yes, I do. Do I trust the process in which I am going about trying to achieve my goals? Yes, I do. Okay, mm-hmm. well then, if you trust those four things in particular, then really worrying is a is a total waste of time. Yeah. Because you're trying to predict things in the future that you may or may not have control of, mm-hmm. but in the future and in the right now, you can absolutely determine that outcome by what you're doing today mm-hmm. and what you're doing in this moment. And so I, I try not to... To do that, uh, of course, we always have stress and we Obviously, always have yeah, and all of those things. But those are just, you know, the attitude of gratitude and the, the four things that we trust are things that we kind of fall back on mm-hmm. whenever you have that, the stinking thinking is kind of how I put it, yeah. you know, creep in your head. And, and we try to talk to ourselves instead of listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because here's, here's a cool stat for you. Um, a Harvard research study did this and they said that 75% of humans, mm-hmm. your thoughts are negative. Just by nature, mm. 75% of our thoughts are yeah. negative. Like, just think about that. So whatever, I'm not a math guy, but it, that's hours in the day, right? Hours in the day, you're that's splitting a, that up. That's, that's a huge amount that's of That's 45 minutes right. of, of negative thought negative every thought, hour. Right, that if you just, if you allow yourself to listen to that, mm-hmm. where your brain just automatically gravitates towards the negative, yeah. then it's going to be a pretty miserable existence, Oh, yeah, if, right? you, if you're, because, I mean, it's hard to not, pay attention to that stuff. Yes. especially on days when you're maybe not having yes. like the best time Absolutely. it's just all right there and it's just uh, i can't yeah. get out of, it's hard to get out of sometimes yeah. you're 100 percent right yeah. so so you have to consciously make a decision andrew mm-hmm. to literally talk to yourself yeah and say listen okay i'm not going to allow that voice to be louder than what i am saying to myself because mm-hmm. your brain will naturally 
gravitate towards the negative. Yeah. You know, and so so we talk a lot about those things too. Is mm-hmm. don't just sit there in self pity mode uh, and play the victim because your your mind will automatically allow you to do that. Yeah. Um, so we we try to put our foot in the ground and, and stop that. And mental health is a is a real thing. It oh, is absolutely. a real tangible thing. Yeah. And so we're very aware of that. Uh, I'm super super blessed. My wife is actually a, a therapist. Oh. And yeah. so we we you know I've been you know, for the last 15 years, uh, mental health has been a huge part of our relationship because of mm-hmm. the people that she has the platform to help on a daily yeah. basis. And so she's, a, she actually got her master's degree from, from UCM here in oh, counseling. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's one of the best degrees that, that is in the entire country. Mm-hmm. But to, to say that, you know, those things just get swept under the rug is, is such a misconception of our society today too, that, yeah, that sure. that's not real. And, and again, going back to the football stereotype is, you know, uh-huh. they don't have feelings. They don't, they don't, they don't, acknowledge any of those things and we absolutely no do. absolutely you have so to. You yeah have to to even maintain any sort of semblance of normal life yeah and balance yeah right for with, sure with all of that to acknowledge that hey i am feeling a certain kind of way whatever that is you know mm-hmm. good bad or otherwise and it's okay to acknowledge what you're feeling but how are you going to ultimately approach that into you know feeling better yeah I think, and I think a lot of that negative thought also comes from like, like we've, we've talked about like social media and stuff. Cause it's a lot of negative things. It feels like yeah, um, um, a lot of those, pl- cause that's what gets engagement. Right. And that's what makes people money. So, <laughs> right. um, and I know I'm a coach and so I drop a lot of one liners, right? That's right. just the nature of, of, of coaching. Being a coach. But, but this is a biblical thing that I'm about to drop to you is it's comparison is the thief of joy. From the standpoint of, of Andrew, your story is very different than my story. How old are right. you? I'm 19. Now. 19. So, okay, mm-hmm. so your story at 19 looked very different than my story at 19. Right. So it's not even fair to compare your story at 19 to my yeah. story at, at 40, right? Really, and, yeah. or, or my story at 19. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we see on social media, like what you said, the highlight of people's day, what's mm-hmm. not even real, and then we compare it to our journey is so unfair it's to not, both yeah. parties that mm-hmm. are concerned, right? right. It, it's not fair to look at that person that, you know, and I know they have a lot of these memes that, that are going out there that, that kind of showcase this, but mm-hmm. Everybody is so different from their experiences, from their upbringing, from their background that I I think that is such that's so disheartening for so many people because they compare their worst day or maybe not even their worst day. Maybe they're just normal. This is an average day to the best of the best on what gets put out on social media Mm -hmm. that that appears and I'm air quoting for the people that appears to be normal, which it's not. And so um, the standard is the standard, but it's so unique for all of the individuals out there that I would just tell everybody, man, you are good enough. Um, Mm. And and God made you in a certain light in a certain way. And he made you perfectly with no mistakes at all. And so whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, I would just encourage people to to look in the mirror. And I know this is easier said than done, but just right. to, to remind yourself that you are enough and you are here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good good stuff to be yeah. talking about, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So what do you, so I, I think I probably are, I think I know the answer to this yeah. question. What do you think the best part of your coaching job is? It's the platform that I've been blessed mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, and, and it, I don't know whether you're supposed to say this or not, but, but I, I really, this is, I feel like this is a ministry for me and, and not to, not to not throw like down a, a religious, not doctrine. like a religious doctrine, no, 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 no. more in, more not, in the way of it's like you said, it's a platform shaping to, young to men. share yes. people and, and forming people into what you see as like 
good people, a good, as good, good people, humans. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that's it. And it is. It's it is not to shove any religious doctrine down anybody's throat or anything like that. That's not that's not my calling at all. Yeah. My my calling ultimately is to take the population that I am blessed to to deal with from and 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 it, it is. It's eighteen to twenty three year old males that come from all walks of life. We have we have people from England. Uh, we have people from California. We have people from New York. We have people from Texas. We have people from North Dakota, and every inch of our world in between. And athletics is the the melting pot for our human society. We mm-hmm. have wealthy kids. We have poor kids. We have um, average um, socioeconomic uh, status kids. Like it, and there's everything. Um, and I think that is the greatest challenge where we can all come into the room, where our world is really telling us that we should not get along, that we mm-hmm. should disagree with each other because you look a certain way and you're from this place and you thought that and we can't ever come together mm-hmm. for a common goal and a cause. And that's why I love the platform that that I get to have and I've been blessed to have is because we get to shape the narrative for all those different people from all different walks of life mm-hmm. to come together to band together, to serve each other, mm-hmm. to unite in a common goal, to ultimately become one heartbeat on a football team. And and I realize that yeah, it's a it's a game and it's it's a football team and you know what what is the the great story in that? And I, I would just mm-hmm. challenge, you know, anywhere in our society, where can you get hundred and thirty five people from all walks of life to band together to be part of something that is bigger than themselves and to truly commit to one another. It doesn't happen very often in our society. So I think that's why it's so special. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might, I think that's a great place to end. Awesome. Honestly, that, that sounds great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Has... Andrew, I really appreciate you having me on. This yeah, was awesome. For sure. This has been Voices of UCM, sponsored by Rise Community Services. Be sure to tune in next week on both Wednesday and Saturday at 7 p.m.